0: G-Day has come and gone for the Georgia Bulldogs, meaning the 2023 spring football practice season is over. That's Brent Rollins. I'm Dane Young We're with Sports.com. We'll have some more UGA Sports contributors, writers, members, whoever pops in here, uh, because a lot of people have access to this link, and we'll just chat and uh, react, and please share your thoughts in the uh, comments here, and we'd love to see what stuck out to you from Georgia on G-Day. I'll be honest with you, Brent. These shows, when I do this, it kind of turned to just say some dudes' names. J- just start saying names <laughs> of like people, and then it's going to be a show. And we can Damon do that Wilson. a lot. I'll We're- go first. Damon Wilson. Oh, Aguero. <laughs> Aguero. And I know he didn't even like do a whole ton, but they just showed him on camera. And I was like, my God. It looks like, he, he looks a little bit different uh, for a freshman. Yeah, I don't think many true. people in Massachusetts are hanging out like that. <laughs> overall, uh, if people care, there's final scores, but I really can't tell you who was on every team. Uh, quarterbacks rotated around, other than, um, you know, I guess Beck was on the same unit the whole time. Vandegrift was everywhere. Uh, but then he didn't play a lot in the first half. Um, overall, let's, I guess let's start there with quarterbacks. Uh, And then we'll get to the big news of the day that Bear Alexander not only did not play at G-Day, he's not going to be on this team, which is – he was going to be a starter for Georgia. That's a a massive loss. I mean – All right, well, then let's start there. Bear Alexander.
1: Yeah, let's – in terms of him being a starter, I don't know that that would have been the case. But he's a – he was a big rotational piece that you were expecting to – contribute a lot and contribute disruptive type plays in the, on the interior. But with him gone and then sort of watching what we saw today, I think that's almost, that was kind of what I wrote down as my second biggest takeaway from the game was that George's pass rush over the past couple of years has been very interiorly dominated both from linebacker blitzes as well as Carter on the interior and others, Devontae Wyatt. This season with Michael and these true freshman guys and others, that might kind of flip a little bit and be more. We might be more of an, you know, we as in Georgia's defense might be more of an edge pressure team versus, and, you know, still the traditional and the blitzes and how they scheme things. But just in terms of who wins their battles consistently it might be more on the edge versus coming from the
0: interior. Uh, Rita Flies says, A Bear Alexander ruined my day. I get it. A lot of potential with him. And you saw that he stepped in there late in the season for Georgia and was a contributor very much so late last year. I, I don't think you replace his production necessarily. I do think that Georgia has guys that will step in there. Mm-hmm. They're just inexperienced in a lot of ways. I mean, well, it, it's, kind of, it's, it's the two gamuts, I guess. You have the super experience with the Stackhouse and the logs at the top end. Maybe not quite as talented as a bear. And then at the bottom end, you have like Jordan Hall, which is like, you're new, but you're going to play.
1: Yeah. It's just, it, it hurts depth.
0: It, you know, if you had now any
1: injuries on the interior, but like, but I, I guess big sort of takeaways is that with what you have now on the edge, I think that the loss of, you know, his loss kind of gets a little bit. Mitigated. But I think, uh, so Gray Goose, uh, Goose brings up an interesting point there. Uh, you know, that
0: that might be true. Let's move to what we saw on QBs. the field today. Um, let's go to QBs at first. Uh, actually, no, because there, a few comments got in here. We got to talk about Makai Muse real fast, um, because he is real fast, and that dude's a player. It's going to be tough to get playing time at receiver, but if you look for the G-Day legend, the the Kyle Corinpolis, as I tweeted out earlier in the week, Macai Muse was that, and maybe more because he scored a touchdown on special teams and they just decided not to count it. Uh, well, they also one person ran by him
1: and didn't try to tackle him. Uh, but no, he you know, hey, had a great day. Kid's working his tail off, you know that, and it's one of those where he's a good ways away from contributing in the game, maybe. Like offense type ways, but if he could be a re- potential return guy or at least backup return guy, hey, or even kick return. Because you know, traditionally, the last couple years, we've had, we've seen what? We've seen running backs and Kyrus Jackson as kick returners. So, hey, if he can go get some there, go get some quarterbacks. Go. One obviously had a much better day and was in much more of a rhythm than, than the other two. That, that's, and I, I think, It's one of those where, and I've seen this so much as a coach, where you got that first-team offensive line, the first team just as a group, and you get into a good rhythm with that group. And obviously the defense wasn't really mentally, it didn't look like into it early. And I think Kirby probably uh, inspired them a little bit, maybe uh, during the sort of halftime break because it got different in the second half. But it's just that part of it, You get to that rhythm early, and thus, you know, it's easy to sort of keep in that versus the other two have to come in, play against the the different, you know, play with the twos and then against the better better D. You don't necessarily get in that rhythm, and then you start pressing. Yeah, Carson Beck, he looked apart today.
0: I had a similar take that Beck looked like he was more in control than the others. The only thing that I'll say, I found Stockton to be pretty far behind each of the other two. And a lot of that's because from Vandergriff, I did see a couple flashes of the things you're like, Oh, no one on this quarterback, you know, competition can do some of the things that he can do. They'll scramble early on. I guess Gunner can do a version of that. Um, but then even just some of the zip throws across the middle, he did well later. It's just not consistent. And when you look at Beck, what he did today was more consistent. Let's see if that's what happens throughout the year. I don't know that we learn anything today that's going to change where we are right now. No, I I think to some extent, this is still Beck has the lead. This is going to be a long little journey of a quarterback battle. Vandergriff's right in this. And if both of them flail, Stockton would be in it too. I do think it would take a regression from each of the other two for Stockton to get there. Yes. And I also think like when you, when we talk about sort of the look of it
1: and I think I saw you post something on the vent earlier today. I I kind of we're both in that same boat of it's looking at the intangible factors and the ancillary things outside of throwing the ball. And for me, it's the I just didn't want to see the ball being padded a lot. And you could tell that Vandergriff would, you know, the extra pat, and then eyes went down. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my legs because I know I can make a play there versus consistently having eyes down, down downfield quickly make sort of coming off and, or, and the other thing is just quickly making a, let's just rip, let's just let it rip decision. And I'm sure there's part of in the back of their minds, especially when you're not like, if you're feel like you're two or three in that realm, that you're not going to let it rip because you don't want to turn the ball over because that, so I, I think in general, there was a little bit of that. But, you know, I, I, there's a clear guy at, at this point based upon what we've seen and then also today.
0: Yeah, if there was a game tomorrow, Carson Beck is the starter. I think that that's where we're at. There's a lot of time between now and a game being tomorrow, and we'll see how he manages that because he had that same opportunity two years ago. It didn't go well. But what has he learned in that time to make sure that, like, when that time comes this time that he does manage it well? He seems like he's doing all the right things right now. and he just was smooth today like it looked the offense just looked way more efficient when he was in there mm-hmm. things he didn't have to think as much um i do think the defense played better in the second half i don't oh, know yeah. if they got chewed out <laughs> yeah so i think i think there was some of that i think there was yeah. a lot of that actually because early on it seemed like both offenses were just doing what they were going through to. the motions um moving beyond quarterback a little bit we got to see some new guys in terms of skill First, I want to say Arian Smith. Uh, I know that touchdown he got on the, on the sweep. That's right up your lane, my friend.
1: Well, it's just any way to get guys who are fast and can do things with the ball in their hand. Now, the other one, I think they, in the second half, gave him one-two, and he got, kind of popped really good. And I'm like, no, we don't need that, uh, especially with him. Uh, but I, I think from a the ancillary skill components, it's – I love seeing Aaron on the field, getting, finding ways to get in the ball. Rosemary Jackson ain't doing what he does, but there was a lot of time. It, it more as you got kind of further into the, into the scrimmage is you saw Love it and Ladd on the field together. And that was one. And just from a scheme standpoint, Love it with what they did and sort of a double wing, whereas oftentimes in the past, that's, two tight ends, that's Brock and Darnell, that's Brock and Delp. That was Delp and Lovett, and Love it being that sort of attached off the ball tight end tight end wing type look, and they tried to run a wheel route to him, and then it got checked down because they covered it well. They did some other, you know, moving him around a little bit. That's, and him with the ball in his hands, I, I think he is going to be a
0: big-time difference maker uh, this season. Let's talk about Roger Roberts in a little bit. First time we get to see – him in action Uh, and i say this in part because he's a running back wearing number zero which is going to be jarring to me for quite a while um it's not darnell washington big but like this guy's pretty big and he's a hoss in there with the injuries that georgia had branson robinson uh, as uga sports reported this morning um looks like he's probably gonna have surgery next week to make sure he's ready for the season. So they shut him down, did not play him. Dejan Edwards was back, but Georgia's still without Kendall Milton, still without Andrew Paul, his ACL injury. So there were two scholarship running backs, and then you saw Cash Jones get a lot of play, which obviously brings a lot of joy to my heart, and then Curtis Maximus as well. I thought Robinson, he he looked like he'd been at Georgia for two years already to me. Uh, Obviously, the pass reception stuff, he's got a lot to grow there. But in terms of just like running, physical between the tackles, as much as a spring game will show you that. But he did good. Yeah, he's going to play for Georgia this year. Like I'm to the point now that if you play as many games as Georgia does, you probably need six running backs. I mean, he's he's going to be that guy that they enjoy
1: giving the ball to in the fourth quarter of some of these games, especially early in the season. What Branson had last year. Uh, Yeah, and even you know Dejan Edwards when he was his first two years. Yeah, like, And he doesn't look like somebody who'd be that fun to tackle. I know that because, you know, he's a thick uh, running back, uh, very sure. So that's that.
0: one of the new weapons that we got to see. Uh, saw a lot of Ernest Green at left tackle. Saw some Austin Blasky at left tackle. There's not much to glean from the offensive line in a scrimmage. It's just more these guys were out there.
1: Outside of the fact that I think no, you, one of the things you can tell especially with that first group. And even if it's independent of Green versus Blasky, I thought they were both solid. Ernest Green, by the way, the very first rep of the game, he got sort of jarred back and knocked off uh, by Tremel Walltower. Waltower. Uh, outside of that, very solid. With that first group, with Truss, uh, Pran, Ratledge, Mims, like whoever plays quarterback, with the combination of play action and scheme things that they do, isn't going to get touched for the first month of the season. And they're going to be protected very well this year if if that group stays healthy and you don't really have uh, any losses uh, within that, at least those four guys, because that's just a lot of experience. And you could tell that that group as a unit, no matter who was at left tackle, uh, was really good.
0: One of the unsung heroes. That was the number one
1: thing for me, was that whoever
0: plays QB going to get protected. Well, one of the unsung heroes of this team, to me, is Xavier Truss. One, because of versatility. If he had to split out and play tackle, he can. He's better at guard. But he's experienced, and that left guard spot, I mean, yeah, there, there's there been multiple guys in there the last few years, whether it be Schaefer, you go back to Kenley, but that, that's been a spot that's been pretty steady for Georgia. Maybe not with, like, superstars, but you haven't seen it be an issue. And I thought Truss just got better and better last year, and he's just, he's got a lot of size there. So him being stable and Van Pram being on the other side of him, I think that helps either of the left tackles that get in there Mm -hmm. because they're going to be a little bit less experienced and they're going to be leaning on trust to help them out. Yep. And and it's like
1: health, health is big for that unit and then health and then development who, who becomes the rotational guard. Is that Michael Morris? Like, does he get some time to start getting, getting some time there? and then whichever the tackles is not going to start, doesn't start,
0: I think they're still going to play. I could see them rotating. Um, let's – in terms of weapons for Georgia, you saw a lot of guys get played today. We talked about Muse already. I do think that once we get to fall, the pecking order remains the same, that target one is Brock Bowers because he's Brock Bowers, who is obviously more interested in catching footballs than talking into microphones, and that's not a shot at him. I – he is not interested in any of the shine that comes with being an amazing football player. He, he doesn't want any part of that, and he's going to get it anyway because yeah. he is that good. Yeah. Um, so I hope people don't hear that and think that I'm making like fun. He, he, like He's just not interested in them. It, it's not where his passion he is. He just read the ball. Sure, he just read the that's fine. Ball. Uh, Nick Chubb was the same way. He didn't want to be doing the media interviews, and he was great at it. He's going to be target number one. I still think McConkie is target yeah. number two for Georgia, yep. and you saw that in this game. He is special, man. One of the best players in the country. I have no problem saying that. Yep. I would agree. And then after that, I think you get what do you flail off of that with, with the running backs or maybe some of the other tight ends. I mean, we saw Lawson Lucky. We've been talking about him all spring. And a big physical guy. I think the route running still needs a little bit of work, but you can see the catch radius.
1: Mm-hmm. Love it. Like and Well, What's I'm saying? Love Lovett, it, in and
0: Do- love it. Dominic,
1: Dominic, love it. Like <laughs> you saw him in the one of the third downs where it was him, I think, versus Tyke one on one, where he just quick wins. And then they actually they tried to hit him deep. Starks kind of physical him up a little bit on a on a smash route, which was basically the route that we showed in the in the film that lie on him that Missouri used him to the nth degree with. So I, I he's the one. He's the next one. And just looking at him with the ball in his hands. And then you got Arian Smith that can go run by anybody in the country, and Rosemary Jackson is just going to be physical, and he's going to be your he's going to be your Muhammad Sanu that's always there, that's there on third down, that that's catches the ball over the middle, does does all the sort of dirty work in the blocking game. Like I, I feel very good about this group uh, skill position depth.
0: All right, um, can you filibuster momentarily for me and answer this question? Because we just have final stats, so I'm going to have to do that screen share so we can uh, yeah. share that with people and we can kind of go through those. Curtis Maximus with a great question. It says, I'm curious what you thought about Bobo and the offensive scheme. How about that flea flicker? If people didn't see the play was a uh, snap to the quarterback, it was more of like a uh, a run-off tackle to the right and then flipped it to the receiver for, flipped received, to the flip, receiver who then flipped it back to the, the to Carson back for the, the who right then checked game. it down yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think that's fun i think that's cool i don't know that that works in a game it didn't really work on the scrimmage but
1: still in fun. terms of scheme looked the same like and it was going to it wasn't the, i could thought the only sort of true difference for me was in sort of deployment of personnel was you saw a lot of double wing with Lovett as one of those wingbacks. And, you know, two receivers to the outside, one back QB in the backfield and the gun, and then tight end on one side off the ball, and then it's sort of another tight end sort of look. Traditionally for Georgia, that's a two tight end look for them. Today it was more receiver in that look. And the things that you can do off of that, from a running game standpoint, I think open up a lot of, uh, interesting uh, avenues for them offensively. But outside of that, their offense is their offense. And I think it's Georgia's offense at this point. And the rushing things are interesting, by the way, because oftentimes they, especially for the
0: quarterbacks, it's like a, we're going to blow the whistle. And by the way, Vandegrift on both sides there. Yeah. So here we are with the stat sheet here. We'll. With the passing, Carson Beck was – oh, gosh, I'm having to do math in my head because technically he's on both sides too. 15-22 uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for – 231. Two, see, this way you I'm, you're I'm good at that. I'm, I'm good at that. I can do that. Yeah, 231 and the touchdown. So that's very efficient. Uh, he didn't really have anything that looked unsafe. I'll say that like some of the turnover stuff here – it's not really quarterback's fault, from what I saw. Uh, that late one with Stockton, like that was put in a beautiful spot. Bounced off oh, yeah, the shoulder. Oh yeah, does drop.
1: Um, the one that that Vandegrift, the interception that Vandergriff threw, he stared, he stared that down. Yeah,
0: like he one hundred percent stared that one down. Uh, so Vandergriff thirteen for twenty five with the pick, one hundred and seventy five yards and two touchdowns. Again, solid. You saw a lot of hesitancy with him. Yes. The the padding of the ball, uh, not having full command. Um, I just, from a, from a look of it with him,
1: I I love the, the physical nature with which he throws, but it's also not very fluid. mm -hmm. Like it looks very, and looks like it takes effort, not so much effort, but that it's kind of, like what you hear, how Levis gets described right now in the draft process—that he's almost so thick that the it just looks tight and stiff. Versus, you know, quick snap of the arm and being very sort of fluid uh, as a thrower, uh, and and I think sometimes that can manifest itself in accuracy issues because it's just. It's harder to replicate some of those things, but from a hey stare one two down. But again, you know he's he's working against the better defense initially, and then you, you know you don't necessarily have the time to find that rhythm. You get the second half. Now the defense is everybody's sort of driving up the intensity and and whatnot. So yeah, I, I just it's going to keep going on. It, like I said, I think we have talked about this in maybe one of the shows. It wouldn't shock me if. Georgia has a Michigan-type situation to begin the season where one guy starts one game and then the next guy starts the next game.
0: And then after that, it's like, okay, you know, whomever. I I should give the disclaimer that stats in a scrimmage can be misleading, so I hope people don't – I mean, stats in a real game can be misleading. So there's just a lot of different things at play here. So we're telling you what the stats are. I guess we all have to determine what that means individually. I don't think it means a whole lot. I think George is still in a lot of the same spot that we thought it was in. Uh, let's see. Gunner Stockton, 13 of 2,244 yards. Uh, I was that Carson Beck, wasn't sacked. So Gunner was three times, Brock was two. So the least mobile among them, as we welcome in Blaine Gilmer. Join us. What's up, Blaine? Uh, hey, how's it going, mobile- Phyllis? Among the three with zero. You talking value. about me? Because I was not very mobile. <laughs> um, you're probably more mobile than I am.
1: So there's so, so Dane, there's a great question from it uh, looks like Greg Rosenberg earlier in the in the chat. Was Damon Wilson good or do we, we just not have OTs be on the top two or three? I think he's just good. Like because you watched his, his get off, his Ben, like I put a clip on Twitter from the game, the, one of the sacks that he had, but it wasn't just that one play. Consistently, his explosiveness off the edge popped to me. And that guy, like he he got the, you know, the recruiting ranking that he got. He, you can see why, because I think he's just legit good, and he's going to find himself
0: on the field uh, very quickly, especially in pass rush, true pass rush situations. Blaine, we haven't made it past uh, offense yet, so we'll bring you in at a good spot. Uh, get your quarterback take, skill guys take, and then I'll finish up some of the stat sheet stuff. Again,
2: disclaimer with stats, it's a scrimmage. Yeah, no doubt. I And Kirby, you know, he's he's getting to dictate when to stop it and, and what counts and what doesn't, all that kind of stuff. But uh, Carson Beck, I thought just the ball placement was phenomenal in terms of, you know, being able to put it in places where guys can continue to run and uh, run after the catch—that's huge. Um, the kind of the hidden yardage, if you will. Okay, yeah, he made the completion, but did he put a guy in where he can continue to make a play? He did that with Brock Bowers. He did that with Lad McConkey early on. Um, even even some of the completed passes we saw from Vandergriff, maybe in the two minute or something like that. Mekhi Muse, different guys like that were having to kind of contort their bodies a little bit uh, and catch the ball. So I think that's what's really going to separate um back right now from the from the other two and and gunner gunner did some good stuff in terms of his arm strength and and his speed. I think Gunnar's still got to get more consistent with his feet. At times he's 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 really striding out there, uh trying to show off that 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 Raven County cannon that he's got over there. But uh but you know sometimes if you can keep his feet more consistent, obviously Gunnar stops gonna do good things. But to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me uh Carson Bettler, like he was in control of this offense today.
0: Yeah, I think we agreed that if the game is tomorrow, Carson Beck has won the job, and it's from there. Uh, there's a long way until that first game. So I guess things could happen, but that's where we stand at the moment. And that's where we stood coming into G Day. I will say one thing that I learned with announcers with Gunnar Stockton. I always look for these things that, like, oh, we're going to hear about this every freaking Georgia game for a long time, whether it's Jake Fromm's little league or the, you know, David Green and David Pollack uh, being teammates back in Pee Wee. Stetson Bennett obviously had a ton of this they just like that Tiger Georgia is the name of a town oh yeah and so that's going to be a thing with Gunnar Stockton for a long time he's from Tiger
2: no, that's cool that's cool they got and they got some different some cool unis up there at Raven County too they could probably throw some some neat pictures up there of, of the of Raven County up there so it's a uh, yeah it's it's going to be one of those things they latch on to probably
0: Blaine, any other skill guys that caught your eye? Just uh, we talked about Muse a lot. We talked about Robinson uh, getting in there running back, loss and lucky, and then we know what Georgia has with with Bowers and McConkey.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I just don't think you can forget about Oscar Delp. How fl- I mean, I just I know that he's not. Maybe the knock on him is okay. Maybe right now he's not. The blocking isn't exactly where you want it, but you got to give him credit for at times last year when he was asked to do so he was sticking his nose in there trying to block uh and getting things going but that's going to come over time but man there was a couple of plays early where you know he would he would just catch the ball and it's immediately there's no wasted motion he's catching and immediately getting north north south i just think that's that's a instinctual guy right there and i think oscar delp is somebody that's maybe getting lost in the shuffle a little bit with all this uh, lost and lucky hype, but he's still a tremendously talented player. And I thought uh, other than the guys you mentioned, he's a guy that I saw a couple of plays where I was like, wow, you know, that's why he's one of the top tight ends in the country in his class. So,
0: And the blocking too, the blocking's going to be great. We didn't see a ton of that because it's a spring scrimmage, but still at least saw them be in position to do a lot of that. Uh, Let's finish up the uh, stat sheet here and see if there's anything that catches our eye rushing uh, Robinson. I didn't know he was the second. So that's uh, something I just learned right now was Roger Robertson. The second, Um, maybe uh, Blaine,
2: since you haven't recruited, you would know that more than I would. I knew his dad had senior by his name, but I I didn't know if he went by junior or the second or what. So, well on this stat sheet, it's the
0: second. So I'm going to trust what new GA (laughs) sports says there rushing 11 uh, for 42 yards. Um, brock Vandergriff had a couple rushes i do think that's the primary thing that gives him a chance in the quarterback thing with Vandergriff. is i mean he did have a couple good runs but if if he doesn't throw better than he did then he won't
2: be involved in that
0: um cash jones my guy a little some cash love there as a receiver too
2: Savon Clark had a touchdown. He's a Dawson County boy up here, not too far from, from me. He, he played at Dawson, played at White County first, then finished at Dawson. But people people forget Savon Clark is a guy who he had offers um, from a lot of group of five schools and was really on his way. He, he was going to go to the service academy, play uh, play for Army at West Point, um, but ended up coming as a walk-on to, to Georgia when they come in. He's a guy that's been around for a while and knows the offense, reliable, so – Save on Clark, the Haynes kid, uh, freshman kid. Like that was a very good catch by him
1: on the sideline, adjusting the ball. I think that was stalking stalking it through that one uh, to him.
0: What yeah. was it do with yeah, Jackson you... Meeks's uh, push to the end zone? Was that just we can't tackle you because it's Geta?
1: I tend to think that was not, that was the feel of it. It was kind of like everybody doesn't want to go low just to get make sure they get somebody down. And every when you do that, you allow them to stay up.
2: Brent, you mentioned Yazid Haynes. Uh, he's a guy that we kind of heard buzz on when he started showing up and working with the, the team in early practices, bowl practices, all that kind of stuff. He's a guy that is a four laser timed guy. can can absolutely fly, and they just said in and out of breaks. I've talked to some people, and Donnie Mitchell. Is the guy that that he draws the comparison to? They just say he's so fluid in and out uh, at the top of his breaks and makes people just just kind of drops people's jock at the top of top of the break, top of the route right there. So he's a guy that I think you saw, you know, the instincts on that back shoulder by Gunners who who kind of dropped that thing in there on a the back shoulder and he broke it off against AJ Harris there. So Isiah Haynes is a guy who can fly and and is obviously impressing early. I will say the most
1: shocking part of the entirety of that. Stat sheet is that Brock Bowers had two catches. I thought he would just, they would, he should be put in the bubble until the
0: beginning of the season. Yeah. He was going in motion uh, on the first play. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Uh, but anyway, the, the two things that I want to point out that I see in the stat sheet one, um, I see Luke Bennett got on the field, which they put his name on the stat sheet, didn't get a target. But hey, maybe in garbage time, Luke Bennett's out there. Catching passes for Georgia, Stetson's little brother. If people didn't recognize. The other thing is field goal kickers. A couple of those had some nice golf English on them to find their way inside the post. The, the Badger <laughs> one, especially. I think it
1: was like out, 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 in. Definitely had a lot, had the leg for it. That's for sure. Like kick that thing well. And that's really when you think about what is the one of the biggest unknowns. Like that's one of the biggest unknowns. Uh, but I, I will say so. Dane, in terms of, like, that's all of the offensive things. We didn't necessarily look at the defensive stats. But – and I think we saw it today. Bear Ale- The loss of Bear Alexander, all right, who's next? Christian Miller. Like, to me, he showed up in a big – like, you could – like, he showed up in a big way today to where, okay, that guy now, I see him as a true – going to be a rotational piece, and he just takes those snaps that we're going to go to the other, but he—I thought
2: he looked good. Uh, uh, Blake, let's get your reaction
0: to the Bear Alexander news.
2: Oh yeah, uh, listen, I—he's he, a guy that there was some, there was a little bit of that that happened in his recruitment, right? Okay, a little bit of hot and cold, flipping back and forth, all that kind of stuff. There's a situation, you know, with people around him, things of that nature. It's listen, it's the way of the world. It's nil. It's transfer portal. It's how it's going to happen. Georgia's got a lot of bodies in there in the middle. Uh, as, as JCP mentions here, uh, I hope that stands for Jim Crockett Promotions because you're now my favorite person, if that does, uh, that old-school wrestling reference there. But uh, Jordan Hall, tremendous. Uh, he looked great today. But I think Tyron Ingram Dawkins is a guy who flashed a few times at the beginning of the season last year. I think he wasn't consistent enough in practice. Kirby kind of got on him and mentioned that a few times. But that young man from Gaffney, South Carolina, is somebody who at over three bills could get up and dunk flat-footed, you know, coming out of high school. So he's a guy that is super athletic, super long, uh, can play with some leverage there on the inside uh, and be kind of that tweener type guy. So I think uh, Tyron Ingram Dawkins is going to have a say in, in this room as well. That's a great point because
1: maybe somebody, if if you think, all right, Because by the way, it wasn't just Wilson to me that stood out. And Pimbo was also looked like a legit big time athlete on the edge movement skills. Gabe Harris, I thought he looked hesitant. He looked like he was thinking a lot as opposed to just going. But if those two, you feel good about those two, the two freshmen, even three freshmen on the edge and Derek Smith, that maybe you move Ingram Dawkins more consistently on the interior to give that rotation another body. And because typically he's the, you know, him and Mike kind of play that old, the old Trayvon Walker role, at least on early downs. Maybe you move yeah. him a little more inside on early downs and that's where he becomes, and he can sort of use his athleticism on the interior.
2: Oh yeah. He's a, he's a heavier dude. He can, he can get up, he can play up over 300 pounds and still be athletic. So I think he, he could be, he could be that guy that, that kind of, takes up some but but people forget Dane, you know, they've still got they still got Zion Lode, they still got Warren Brinson. Uh, you know, it it's a covered yeah, a stack house. And then of course uh, Jordan Hall as we mentioned. So then you add a guy that can kind of go up and down the line of scrimmage and, and T uh, I D there who plays, to me, a little bit like a Malik Herring type deal, can go from a five technique all the way down to a shade nose if you need him to, depending on personnel and things like that. And I think that that just adds a lot of versatility to Georgia's defense.
0: Another guy, Brent, I think I texted you this during G-Day, that just stood out to me physically. And I don't know how much Sean he'll get on the field, but C.J. Allen, you look at him and you see a guy physically, you're like, okay, you're going to be playing for Georgia at some point. You happen to be at a position right now that's pretty stacked at inside backer. Who knows? If some injuries happen, he, he might be needed. If nothing else, that's a guy on special teams this year. The, I'm like, okay, you can do all that? Yeah, you'll be just fine. Yeah, him and Raylan, Raylan Wilson are going to see a lot of time on special teams. Like,
1: I bet both of those kids are on the punt team. And go get some and go go make tackles. Run,
2: Be fast and go make tackles. Raylan Wilson may end up finding himself – on the field in the middle, like during the defense at some point, just because I, I mean, he, if it's a him, it's, if it's him and Xavier, Xavier, sorry, right in there. Like it, that's going to be a tight battle to see who the it's inside back backup that backup third guy. Yeah. Because man, they play the third guy,
1: there. you know, that third guy always is going to get some time
0: and you know, can you be that third guy? Brent you mentioned a guy that I just think is endlessly fascinating on George's defense and that's Darius Smith because I don't see people that big that run that fast. He was out there like running with Brock Bowers, didn't make a great play on it because it's Brock Bowers. I'm just saying that how many people in the country can do what he does with his length, his speed. You know, I need to see how physical he plays. We didn't haven't seen much of him, but I've heard a lot of buzz on him. I don't know if y'all have heard some of the same
1: a little bit and it's fun to watch him. I mean, he, he, and he wears the, you know, the number that's very much like uh, Adam Anderson. He kind of has that body type <laughs> and movement skills and all, all the, all that. But just think about what we've mentioned though, you know, the names that we've mentioned in a front six, cause they play six. Like it's not, it's, it's rarely ever only in short yardage or goal line a true front seven. So six guys on the field at once and you know, all the freshmen that we just mentioned, all the returning interior linemen that we just mentioned. It's a lot of just depth and guys that are going to, hey, you're going to get run at some point. It might be five or ten snaps a game, but they're there and they're going to be able to rotate like they do and and play a lot of different guys.
2: Oh, you're muted, Dane. Mute.
0: (laughs) I was starting to screen share, and I was still muted because, you know, I'm a professional broadcaster. Um, Defensive backs, I want to go there because there is an open corner spot with a pretty wide open competition here. Javon Bullard, as this photo from Catherine Skian for UGA Sports showed, uh, had a nice pick. He tends to do that. (laughs) Uh, Every game at this point, it seems like Javon Bullard's finding the football. At corner, though, I was seeing A.J. Harris all over the field. In this G day game, I don't know how close he is in the competition toward the the top of it, but I could see that being a guy that if maybe an injury happens, he's out there pretty quickly.
2: Him, Dalen Everett, both of them, I, I saw a lot of them out there, of course. But um, AJ, AJ, I mean, I haven't got to closely examine. Who, who did what I just kind of would see him out there on the field. You see more of the receivers in this point that kind of stand out without going back and doing, as y'all do, reviews of film and, and things of that nature. But uh, A.J. Harris is a guy who is a blue-chip prospect at, in every sense of the word. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the instincts. So it's going to be a true battle. I mean, I know that coming into it, Dylan, uh, Dylan Everett, Alan Green, AJ Harris. Those are the kind of guys that are, that are battling it out over there to, to see who gets, gets that spot. So, um, but I did, you're right. It seemed like everywhere now, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Are they targeting him, Dane? <laughs> because if they're targeting him, what does that say? You know, so, or maybe Kirby's saying how hey, I want to see what I want to see what AJ Harris has. Let's try to, let's try to work something over that way, Bobo, dial it up over that way. You know, you never know, but, uh, I I don't know, Brent. What'd you what'd you think about Dalen Everett and AJ Harris, those guys? Well, I think by the way, a hundred percent that I bet that
1: happens. Those conversations happen. Or at least they happen before the, the day where it's like, hey, if we get a situation where we got you see a one-on-one call, let's go at X, Y, and Z and, and just see what we can do. But I think it's that world is just an interest, it's it's more to me interesting this year than any other year. Because you really have true like unknowns and like as much like we thought Kamari Lasseter would be good, but with the way Tykee and then Bullard do, you know, Dan Jackson's still kind of there, but you know, gradually coming back, David Daniel, Sissabon, however you say it. Yeah. Like you've got guys that have played, but what ends up being your best five because They don't sub like they rarely sub those five players. Those are always in terms of snap leaders year in, year out, those five guys. But do you Does one corner and based on watching it today, I don't see where one just looks infinitely better than another, like uh, Everett versus a Julian Humphrey. And, you know, Muted again, Dane. Yeah, Nylon right.
0: Green was out there a lot.
1: Nylon Green played like it's like so do they rotate those guys or does it eventually just become
2: one? I'm I'm it's I'm curious to see. Brent, another thing too is you know, it's that's been one position that Kirby has not rotated a whole lot in during his tenure there. He's had he's had corners and he's 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 ran with those corners. Mm-hmm. Is this year a situation, especially given the schedule early? where you say, okay, we got four games, and yes, I'm including South Carolina in that because South Carolina at home, it, Georgia's going to blow their doors off. Uh, when they come into town, he's going to say, okay, are we going to let, – let's, let's give these guys, all right, you get a couple series, you get a couple series, and let's roll with it these first uh, four or five games here and see how, see how things go because that could be more – it that could be interesting or maybe he sticks to something where he says, hey, I got my guy. This is who I feel comfortable with. But it's just a thought because, you know, it was Ringo and Lasseter all year last year. Every la, year. You know, Jaheim Singletary gone in the portal, you know. Who knows about whether – the portal just opened. Does, does a guy like if Nyland Green doesn't win the job, does he end up going somewhere now? He's been there for a while. So that's just kind of been the case. Does it change this year a little bit? Well, with the schedule being what it is, you wonder,
0: do they try to play more players, get a big lead early to keep more players out of the portal in that way? And, and, you know, in some cases I've heard coach Mart say, if people want to leave, then we kind of want them to leave. We only want people that are invested in being here at the moment. And, you know, I I don't I mean, know if though, that always manifests itself it's, in that way. But. How many days is it the window? I mean, it's not. Well, they I can't transfer it. within SEC right now. So if someone transfers right. out of Georgia and wants to play this season, they have to go somewhere else. Which is why Bear Alexander. I mean, the two schools that I think immediately were popping up for him were USC and Texas.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, it's too late for SEC. So we'll we'll see what he what he ends up doing. But I think that that was. That people, it's not it's surprising that it when it first went down, but I think once you know some of the details behind it with him and and his situation, that I don't think it's tremendously uh, shocking there, and especially what Georgia has that position. So we'll we'll see how it goes forward, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the corner rotation goes and stuff stuff along that along those lines. Um, our Anthony Dasher is live
0: tweeting uh, Kirby Smart's news conference. So let's just pop that up here, see if there's anything worth uh, reacting to. He said that this is uh, might be the most cohesive team that he's had at Georgia. I really don't know what he means by the word cohesive there. Um, and I guess we'll find that out as we go. It says he wants to watch film on quarterbacks. Uh, he didn't say much about Bear Alexander, just said that's the climate that we're in in college football right now. Um, let's see, Kirby Smart. Uh, ask if Carson Beck getting first reps with the ones meant anything. He just said that he's been with us all the most. So he didn't really ascribe much to that. And that's just saying he's not going to name a starter today. Uh, so I wouldn't read much into that either. Or will um, he until maybe like Thursday before the first game? Probably. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe yeah. just wait and see who runs out there. Very excited about depth on defensive line. I'm sure that's a nod to say don't worry about Bear Alexander not being there, Uh, guys don't like tackling Roderick Robertson. I think we can understand why. Yeah, Um, so there's more.
1: The biggest win of the day. No, like other than Clark getting a little dinged up when he got hit by uh, Everett on that one screen that got or you know flare that got telegraphed. Outside of that, it didn't look like there was anybody that got dinged up at all, and that's that's winning. That's the. That is the ultimate victory in this sort of fashion, in this, what it is that we're doing here. With when you team. look at
0: the health check for Georgia right now, a lot of guys with some things that they're recovering from, maybe getting minor surgery. It, it, my dad always told me a minor surgery is something that happens for someone else. Uh, having a surgery that they will recover from quickly and be ready for the fall. For the most part, I think everyone we'll be ready for the fall off the top of my head. There's going to be some people like Andrew Paul hasn't really practiced in a long time. Yeah. So his summer conditioning is going to be key. I think he'll play a little bit, but they'll probably ease him into things. Very much so. But uh,
1: well, one guy, we and we talked about all
0: the depth along the sort of that
1: front six, when I mean, you mentioned Jalen Walker, like he's uh-huh. one of those guys as well. And who played a lot, even in the national championship game. Uh, so I, George is in a very good spot. There's a reason they're the betting favorite at the point at the moment in time to,
0: to repeat or three-peat, whatever you want to say. I mean, to, and, to Blaine's point, though, you look at the schedule and it's like, who can you, like, even say keeps it close, at least for a while on the schedule? Like, you go for those first six weeks and you're like, I, I don't see it. Just talent-wise, no one competes with that. It, like, it, maybe they no, getting caught.
2: Kentucky's going to be good. <laughs> I really do believe they're going to be good. But other than that, that's – that's Well, we'll see.
1: getting the Cohen guy back at OC was And
2: Devin Lewis flat throw it, man.
0: And I they've mean, got good receivers. They, they have some of the best
2: receivers in the conference. Really good receivers. Their question is, can they can they protect? They couldn't protect Will Levis. That's one reason Will Levis didn't look as good this year is because their offensive line was like a sieve. <laughs> like it was just terrible. Um, I have to – I have a couple of recruiting calls I got to go get, get caught up with guys on because I got them scheduled for about yeah. right now, okay. 7 o'clock. So, I got to go run and catch them with them. But I appreciate you guys. Tell them we said hello.
0: See you, Blaze. Yes. Thank you. Right. See ya. Um Yeah, overall, like, I think Georgia's season and mainly we have a long way to get to there. But it's going to come down to the matchup in Knoxville again. And Tennessee has a good enough roster. I haven't looked at Tennessee's schedule. I would think it would be tough for Tennessee to beat Alabama back-to-back years, so maybe they have a loss going into it. I'm just saying Georgia's schedule, I don't see a whole lot there to be worried about, but I also think Georgia's at a spot in terms of talent that there's only four or five teams in the country that you think even you know, have a more than one out of ten shot of beating them every year. As long as you don't give them the ball a lot.
1: Yeah. I lost South Carolina in 2019. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, that all, to me is actually the – ultimate question of the season whoever plays quarterback can they can they succeed when the pressure's on when you know you're down like last year at missouri you're down 10 early in the fourth quarter like that sort of realm like does that happen because if not then you won't be reaching the ultimate prize if so then you're going to be in that mix again
0: with a chance Uh, Let's wrap with this question. And uh, yes, I'll put this on the uh, podcast feed as well. Someone asked about that. Um, Andy Stowe asked if the season started today, who starts at left tackle? Uh, Brent. I do think it's Ernest Green. I tend to think so too. And I say that because if it's close and Blasky is your backup center, then you probably want to have his versatility as kind of that six man ready to get out there. A la Warren Erickson in previous seasons. But if it's not close, I think you go with Blasky. And right. at the moment, it seems like it's pretty darn close neck and neck. And
1: also remember that Green is still really working his way back into shape. I think what was his back, right? His back injury. And, you know, has obviously worked hard over the spring, but he's still got more time to even get in better shape. And just from me personally watching him, like he's a different level of athlete and he just looks like a nfl type left tackle
0: yeah i i don't think uh, blasky's future is at left tackle i think he's a really good center and he would have been Georgia's starting center if van pran would have gone pro Mm -hmm. and and i think that they're probably even looking ahead to to next year and say we had to have a really good option with him there um, to kind of bridge you to bobo or whoever the next center would be after that because if we saw Jared Wilson be there today, but George has just had so much stability at center. I think they're yeah. always kind of looking at what's next. I mean, what if Van Pran, who's been remarkably healthy, if he gets hurt, you're going to need Blasky I think – I'll put it this way. I agree with you that at the moment, I think Ernest Green plays. It would start at left tackle. I think both of them play this season, and it would be in yes. part because of Blasky's versatility. You're going to need a lot of guys on this offensive yep. line. I think Blasky and Truss playing multiple positions – Gives Georgia an advantage a lot of teams don't have.
1: Yep. It's a, I think it's going to be an area, of, as long as they stay healthy, it's going to be a, a big time
0: area of strength. Um, all right. Let's wrap up. Is there a particular player that you just like, oh, I got very excited about that after seeing them today?
1: Oh, it's Wilson and Pimbo, Those two, those two to me, just athletically and watching them and just the, the go and the bend and the things that you got to do with that position,
0: that stood out. It was Aguero to me because I looked at it and said, "I don't know if he can even play football," but just seeing that person, the way he shaped as a freshman, I think he's a first round pick right now. You know who he
1: reminded me of from the look of him? Just the <laughs> I walk in as a true freshman and I look like a football player. Uh, the Matthews kid that ended up transferring—was What was his first name uh, Trey? Maybe Trey Matthews? Re- oh, tra- went to,
0: uh, that went to Auburn. Went to Auburn. Yeah, he yeah. from
1: the day he was at a freshman, he looked like a SEC football player, yeah. and Aguero is the same.
0: I mean, I was just like, my goodness, man. Like, uh, the the off-the-bus challenge with Aguero? Yeah. (laughs) You can see why he was recruited the way that he was. I'm excited to see where he goes from there. If you want to see Kirby Smart's news conference, it'll be posted here on this YouTube channel pretty shortly. You can hear the coach's comments after Georgia's spring game. Um, As we move forward on this YouTube channel, spring camp is over so, it'll be some storylines into fall, obviously, transfer portal being one of them. Uh, we do anticipate more Georgia players will enter yep. that transfer portal. There's also a chance that Georgia plucks someone out of it. I don't, I mean, they, they have roster spots that they have to shed at this point to make way for a couple of incoming freshmen. But if someone unexpected left, obviously they're going to go and replace them. So we'll see how that works out. Otherwise, me and Brent are going to turn our focus to NFL draft here. And uh, we started that with Thumbs Don't Lie this past Thursday with some of our mid to late round picks, including uh, Stetson Bennett, who I was glad to see him at the stadium showing Mm -hmm. off that big fancy ring that he got. All the uh, players from last year got their championship rings today up-close version of that over on Roddy's Twitter feed if people want to see it. yep, um, I saw those pics. Those are good. I don't know what that shirt was, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm not a fashion person. Anywho, um, thanks for watching, everybody. We really do appreciate it. If you are not subscribed to this YouTube channel, please do so because uh, we're the most popular one that covered Georgia on the interwebs, and we're really excited about our growth on YouTube. And uh, Me and Brent just like text about this stuff anyway off-air, so we're really excited that y'all care about what we think and want to hear what we have to say on air. Brent, thanks for joining me. Have a good night and uh, we'll see everyone later on.